yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And yeah. who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. As you can see, they are on assignment. Charles, I think, had a little bit too much of the celebration juice and his cigar. So we're going to go ahead and get this out of the way real good, B.J. Jones, real early, 80 Drew, um, so we can make sure we can get into the rest of the show. Shout out to the Division Two CIAA champs, three times running, last four years, three straight. Bowie State Bulldogs get it done. Albany State got a little bit of a revenge. Three straight games between Miles and Albany, and they come out the victory. So we'll get into a little bit of the Division II alignment. We'll give Drew a chance to talk about that. I got the scores and updates. There were some quote-unquote upsets, I guess, if you want to call it that. At least I can give you that out of the box with Von Oster. They do lose, but we'll talk about what that may mean and ramification. But let's get into it. Welcome to the episode 206, the Inside HBC Sports Lab show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic program and the business of HBC sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, along with my guest, lecturing professors, that's Professor Drew. Professor Jones, they're in the house. I'm your host, Dr. Yacoville. We are filming from our home studios and getting it done in the city, great city of Houston, Texas Southern University. Big game here last night. We'll get into that as well. I'll give you some scores and updates. Before I do that, let me go to you, Professor Jones. How you doing this morning? Oh, man, doing pretty good, man. Hey, the sun came up this morning. You know, that's one of the things, you know, that I tell people, you know, got a chance to see a hard-fought game on the bluff last night. Uh, came up a little bit short, but, you know, congratulations to uh, Jackson State, um, you know, for uh, clinching the Eastern Division title first time since uh, 2013. Uh, it's been a long road uh, for Jackson State. Uh, eight years, but it seems like a lifetime, man. A lot of things have transpired in between uh, since that time and now. Um, so I'll say congratulations to uh, Jackson State. No doubt. Seemed like a decade ago uh, almost. And so you know it can take place in a decade when you look at it like that. One thing I will say about Professor Jones is I saw your post up there where you talked to the players in terms of them fighting hard and fought through it. And although it didn't work out, I love the professionalism and the analyst side of what you bring to the table. You're not dejected. You know what I'm saying? And fans, as in fanatics, you have the right to do that. But as professionals, while we may have a school that we um, certainly enjoy the ups and downs when we bring it here, it's about providing you all with the service of what that looks like. Saying to you, A.D. Drew, um, obviously it looked early in that matchup that fam, you may be still alive. Um, and then as it ticked away, obviously, it didn't go that way. So now Jackson State, congratulations to them. And that's why I was giving a shout-out to Charles Bishop uh, with the cigars from slowburnwaco.com is the fact that Jackson State has clinched the Eastern Division. So they will be playing for a swag championship. And at this point, it's pretty clear that they – uh, well, likely, I think there are a couple of things that may need to take place to officially make it that way, but they are most likely going to host 
uh, the championship game in terms of what it looks like there. They do have one to play, and it could be huge uh, based on what happened at the end of the Southern and Jackson State game. But before we get into that, Drew, uh, what are your thoughts coming into this morning? Well, you say that uh, FAMU, you think FAMU is dead. But FAMU is actually still alive because we're still alive for a potential playoff hunt. Yes, we wanted to win the SWAC East, and the Jackson State loss would have helped us win the SWAC East. But that Jackson State win puts FAMU in even a better position to potentially get into the FCS playoffs, especially now you had a loss uh, with Prairie View, so obviously they're going to drop somewhere out in that top 25, and maybe, Fab, you can replace Prairie View in that top 25. We get into the top 25, we're in because they take, the, they take the, the top 24. We should be in if we could crack that top 25 with one to go. Your words, not mine. I certainly didn't say FAMU was dead. They did a brilliant job early in the season once they recognized um, that they needed Jackson State to lose two, and that may be tough over the season. So because of what happened, uh, Willie, Coach Willie Simmons' words at Prairie View back in 2015 or so it was, um, Prairie View and himself waited too late to kind of market, brand the idea that they would should be in position to look at a playoff bid. It's my understanding that they started early, getting it out there to a lot of folks. I believe the conference office uh, also is making sure that they have made it clear that there have teams that, if they're eligible, would be interested in going to the playoffs, participating. So I think that's going to go a long way if they can get over that last hurdle. In one of those years, a lot of those hurdles have come down in terms of foes that have extended losing streak. Well, getting the fact that Prairie View was able to do one of them against Southern, but not the other one against Allstorm, uh, slightly a little bit of controversial call to, for some in that matchup. But kudos to the Braves, which means they stay alive. So let's get down since we're talking about it a little bit. Let's get into some of these scores officially. Top 10 poll rankings for Dr. Cavill in week Number 11, we have the number one Jack State Tigers come from behind to beat Southern Jaguars 21-17. to 17. Uh, Sanders, Coach Prime, is on the sideline. And his two sons, as it started off when he missed that first game, made big plays. They do the same thing to clinch in the Eastern Division. Uh, I thought it was a beautiful sight with his uh, son, Shador, coming over to him in the chair, if you would, the motor scooter, and giving him a big hug. Thought that was beautiful display on television, quite emotional. But he, um, Shador probably had one of his toughest games, at least uh, if not from early in the season, as they get it done, uh, throws a couple of interceptions, but late he throws a big touchdown uh, to overcome. And then Shiloh gets an interception to seal the deal. At number two, Prairie and Panthers lose to number eight, Alcorn State Braves, 31-29. to Man, that was a game where Panthers were actually down 29-9 and they make a vaunted comeback but fall short uh, with a late fumble inside the 20 when they thought they may have been in field goal range. Not to be. Number three, Florida A&M Rattlers defeat Arkansas Pine Bluff 37-7. They just quietly continue to churn and get it done. Number four, Alabama A&M Bulldogs. They lost three, but now they've won three straight. They go to the wire and have to come back themselves and score as the clock expires as they win 52 to 49. Texas Southern got the ball late, but it was pretty much over. At number five, South Carolina State Bulldogs lose to North Carolina A&T State Aggies 27 to 17. Drew talked about this. If um, South Carolina State didn't get a couple of key victories late, that they could actually go in the celebration bowl with the losing record. Well, they have clinched the Celebration Bowl. They still have one game to go because at number six, Norfolk State Spartans allowed 28 unanswered points in the loss to Delaware State's Hornets, 28-6. to six. Uh, That was a big one. I watched that one as well. Shocking. Number seven, Tennessee State Tigers lose to Austin P. Governors, 36-7. to seven. Number nine, North Carolina Central defeat Howard Bison, 45-27. 
And number 10, Hampton Pirates defeat Campbell Campbell 28 to 21. In terms of the Division II matchups, snuck this out there a little bit in terms of that slowburnwaco.com shout out with the cigars. Number one, Bowie State Bulldogs win the CIDWA championship, defeating the number three Fayetteville State Broncos 17 7. A little closer, maybe, than in a score indicated. Defensive struggle, Bowie State jumped out of there and got it done. Number Albany State Golden Rams, SIC championship. Defeating number six, Miles Golden Bears, 31-0, shutting them out. Uh, that was a little bit of a shocker. Number four, Savannah State Tigers did not play. Number five, Langston Lions lose the Southwest Assembly of God, 41-24 at home. Three-game losing streak. Uh, you got to believe any playoff folks are dashed after that. Tough one. At number seven, Virginia Union Panthers did not play. Number eight, Kentucky State Thorough Bears defeat the Erskine Flying Fleets, 41-17. And number nine, Shaw Bears did not play. And number 10, Lane Dragon did not play. As we get into that, let me go to you, BJ Jones. Anything stand out to you uh, in terms of any of those scores uh, before we get into some greater detail? Anything stand out to you just in terms of the top 10 rankings? I guess I will ask you this specifically outside of what else may stand out to you. I do want to ask in terms of prayer view. How far did they fall? But even more likely, Norfolk State Spartans, how far did they fall this week? I think uh, the one of the biggest shockers to me was Norfolk State. I mean, you looked at that game earlier, they were in control. Um, it seems like we we're going to be set up for a big matchup next week with South Carolina State, uh, which would have been the MIAC game of the year. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Norfolk finds a way to, you know, give it away and shout out to Delaware State. Man, they're proving. Uh, each week that this is not the same old Delaware State. You talk about the uh, improvement of Mississippi Valley, but I think you have to have to look um, in the Northeast and look at the improvement with Delaware State where that program has come. Um, and then with, with Prairie View, man, it's hard to clinch. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to clinch. You know, um, you know, went to Alcorn, Alcorn coming off two straight losses um, to Southern and Bethune-Cookman. Uh, credit to Fred McNair and that staff having this football team ready to go. Uh, and they hold, they hold on. Uh, they hold on at the end. So uh, those were the two uh, biggest eye-openers on yesterday. Drew, same question to you. Any eye-openers, even at the Division two level, anything stick out? I think the games probably went the way that you thought, but maybe in terms of the score, particularly at Albany State, Miles, Golden Bears, because ultimately in the SIC, they don't have a neutral site like you see um, in the CIAA. That game was played in Salem, Virginia. Um, the SIC does alternates between home field, but it'll go between East and West. And while Albany state compared to what you would see in the swag, they have a better record, but it was the time now that this was going to the West, meaning that it was played in Fairfield, Alabama, home of the miles golden bears. Yeah. Uh, Stick it out with something on the uh, Prairie View Alcorn game. You know, Alcorn showed the heart of a champion. Mm. Uh, they were everybody. Everybody left them for dead, and uh, kind of almost like a uh, George Foreman against uh, Michael Moore. You know, they hit uh, they hit Prairie View with that big right hand to knock them out and to stay alive in the race. Yes, Alcorn still needs help, but they they couldn't put themselves in position to need that help if they didn't take care of business on yesterday. Going to the smaller schools, the way Albany dominated Miles, Albany has scored 60 consecutive points, over 60 consecutive points against a Miles Bears defense, Miles Golden Bears defense. Everyone stop and think about that. Albany State, over the last two games, over the last seven and a half quarters, has scored 60 unanswered points against Miles. While the first time, Miles was on quarterback four, five, 20, who knows, because they, they had a lot of quarterbacks uh, go through uh, Miles this year because, because of injuries. This time, they had their starter and still couldn't do anything. So... Shout out to Gabe Giardina over there uh, with that Albany defense for shutout number six. 
Think about it. Have you ever seen a team with six shutouts at this level of football or higher in one season? That is amazing. And despite all that, because of some other happenings in Region 2, Albany will probably drop one place in the poll. Hmm, interesting. We'll get into that after this break because I want to get into some of the playoff talk, Division Two level. Uh, we do have some questions coming in. Make sure that we answer this second half of the show. So write this down. Does the Mississippi Valley score earlier this season hurt FAMU playoff chances? I don't believe so, but I want to get your opinion on that. I think too much has expired in terms of what that looks like, but I think it's a great question. Uh, but we'll get into that second half. I want to do the next 15 minutes after we come back from the break talking about the Division II playoffs because I think they become interesting. Uh, but I would be labor to point if I didn't shout out the lab lecture listeners this morning as they jumped on Willie Bolden, Ricky Burden, Royal Maxwell, Chuck Hunt, uh, Thomas Maddox, T. Foster, Michael Lee, Demetria Glenn, Reginald Johnson, Clint Ken Clark, Jamie Walker is in the house, Reggie Delaney, Tim Smith, Odell Benders, all checking us out. Appreciate the live look at. I will say I love uh, what you said about uh, breaking down that Albany State miles in terms of that score. I would say I love the boxing matchup, but I think in terms of this, I would say to me, they did knock him down. I don't know about knock him out. I thought Prairie got back up and fought and came back to some degree. And ultimately, if you're going to use a boxing scenario, I think they didn't do enough in the end. And it comes to uh, <laughs> a scored card and they go decision. down on the score card two to one. <laughs> <laughs> With some people being like, what? How oh, how that happen? All right, we'll be right back after this break. Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab with none other than the visiting professor, A.D. Drew and D.J. Jones, bringing you all the football analysts you can handle. We're going to get into some Division II playoffs. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Selection show is today at 4 o'clock Central, so we'll know for certain this afternoon. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson Charles Bishop. We have visiting professors getting in here. Getting it done. That is A.D. Drew, none other than B.J. Jones. 
as we get into these playoffs, I'd be remiss if I didn't give some love to the Edward Water Tigers uh, with that matchup at Allen Yellow Jackets. On the road, they um, shut down Allen in a lot of ways as they get it done and deny the Yellow Jackets a chance at a winning season. Yellow Jackets fall to four and five after the tough loss. Edward Waters improved to four and seven. Um, they beat them up pretty good there. I was 51 to 34. So I did want to shot them out. Boy, you talking about the SIHC should be interesting. That East, who shifts over, could be huge in terms of just how well they're playing over there. I mean, Benedict, we started talking about them, but they Benedict did what they needed to do against the teams in the West, beat them up. So that just lets you know in some ways how deep that division is. And as we get into it, we're going to talk a little bit about Savannah State. They come out of that mighty SIHC East division. Uh, they were currently ranked number eight this week, did not play, but there were other games. So some question about, you know, will they be able to get in or will they be jumped over? And the reason is, let me give you these scores for those that are following HBCUs in the division two, because it's most certainly that um, both Albany State, Albany, as Mike would want to say, and Bowie State will be in the playoffs. Now we're talking about who gets the bye. Those type of natures, so it'll be interesting. Seven teams get in each region of four super regions, if you would. Uh, both HBCUs in Super Region 2, along with some powerhouses out of the Gulf South Conference, um, just to give you some indication there. With that being said, number one, Valdosta State, that was undefeated all year long. They go down this week, but they go down to number four in the Super Region. And this is as of last week, which is West Florida. 61 to 42 by Oscar Falls. That means West Florida improves to eight and one in terms of overall division two, six and one in terms of the region. Bad falls to nine and one, both in division two overall play as well as the region. None other than number five, West Georgia. They defeat Delta State, so they improve to eight and two overall in division play, six and two in the reason. They win that game 44 to seven. Obviously, we talked about the fact that number two, Bowie State, they won, so they improved to 10 and 0 in division two play. Remember that loss to Delaware State is not reviewed in terms of the division two framework, but they're eight and 0 in terms of the region. Number three, you have Albany State. They are 10 and 1, both overall Division II play and in the region. Give you a little more insight as we float down there to get to Savannah State. We told you about number five. Now we're in the number six, Mars Hill, seven and three, both in terms of Division II and overall as they lose. So they fall to seven and three. They lose to Wingate, 26 to 19. A little bit of upset there. That's where things start to get interesting, I believe. But you have Newberry, number seven. They improve to nine and two as they defeat Living Limestone, I should say, 42 to seven, nine and two, both in terms of Division two and overall. Told you about number eight of Savannah State. They did not play. Uh, they are at eight and two in terms of overall Division two as well as in the region. Bringing us to number nine, that may muck things up, which is Lord Ryan. They win 56-3, to Chattawawa. So they improve to the same overall record as Savannah State, we just said, which is 8-2 and two overall in terms of Division II competition and 8-2 and two in the region. So as I line all that up, said a whole bunch of everything, I'm going to go to B.J. Jones first and set this up, and then go back to you, Drew, and see your analysis of what takes place here. What are your thoughts in terms of the seven teams in to Division Two? More importantly, who gets to buy? And who do you see Albany State lining up in terms of what number do they come in in terms of the reads? Go ahead, BJ. I think, you know, with Albany State, I think they might get a, a bump. I think Bowie State also sitting pretty um, as well. So I think Albany State, um, I think they're going to get uh, bumped up. That was an impressive win yesterday in the fashion in which they did it. Uh, my mm -hmm. biggest question is, 
what happens with Savannah State? I don't know. We've been talking about that all week. You know, <laughs> can Savannah State get enough help, you know, to get bumped up one more spot? And now does Lenore Ryan jump them, uh, which is also a possibility uh, that I didn't think of. And, and you know, kind of to she sent out the script today. And I was like, wow, I didn't think about that happening. But that's a distinct possibility. But I think, you know, Bowie State and Albany State both sitting pretty. It'll be inter- interesting to see uh, who Albany State uh, draws uh, in the first round. Uh, historically, the SIC has not fared well against Gulf South opponents, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, and there's a distinct possibility that Albany State could get paired up with a Gulf South team. Might get them at home, uh, but a Gulf South team in the, in, in the uh, first round. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh, come, come 4 o'clock later on today. Mm, I like what you think. I like what you said there. Same question to you, Drew. How do you think this shakes out? SIC teams have not fared up with Gulf South teams in the playoffs because nine times out of ten, SIAC teams are on the road come playoff time. Now, if you go back to where Tuskegee had its run in the late teens, Tuskegee did have home games, and won at home when they were allowed to play at home. That mm. will also happen to, to Albany State. Uh, let's, let's start with Savannah State first. Does Savannah State get in? Looking at the numbers from last week, I still say yes. Lenore Ryan, who came in with a performance indicator of number nine going into this weekend, played a uh, Catawba who had a performance indicator of 20. Looking at the difference between the numbers for where Lenore Ryan is at to Savannah State, who was number seven. If Lenore Ryan and Savannah State were back-to-back, I would be a little bit concerned. But considering there was a team between those two, I think Savannah can bump up because of the Bars Hill loss. So I think Savannah State gets in. Savannah State gets in, they will probably be traveling to number two, West Florida. Keep in mind, the first four seeds are locked with home games. The other three are at large, and then they go for geography based upon that. So, And also, they try to avoid conference matchups in the first round. So, consider you have Probably Bowie State will probably be the new number one. West Florida will most likely be the new number two based upon that win over the number one. Valdosta State will drop to number three. They go to three because of that head-to-head against Albany State earlier. The committee loves head-to-head matchups and does not like to bump somebody ahead of another team because of that head-to-head unless that other team just happens to have a better record. Same record. Valdosta will get the uh, higher seed because of the head-to-head, which will, despite Albany State's dominance, drop them down to number four. That gives you West Georgia, uh, Newberry, and Savannah as your wild cards, geographically speaking. Savannah travels to West Florida because you don't want uh, two GSC teams playing each other in the first round or two SIAC teams playing each other in the first round. That's go- That leaves... Newberry and West Georgia left to face face to Albany State. West Georgia cannot face Valdosta State in the first round be, because that's a conference matchup. So that by default, West Georgia and Albany State will play where Valdosta, where Newberry will travel to Valdosta State. Looking at Albany State, West Georgia in a matchup, they had three common opponents. Both of them went two and one against those common opponents. They both lost to Valdosta State, both defeated Shorter University, both defeated Mississippi College. Thing is, Albany State's defense seems to be more dominant than West Georgia, who is a, who is like a, I guess, a swag team who's going to try to outscore you. For the for the best analogy, for those who are not familiar with these Gulf South teams, uh, Albany State. The only team to hold Valdosta State 
under 30 points this entire season. Think about that. I, based on the early prediction, you've got to give Albany State an advantage over a West Georgia. So I got your one, two, three, four, and five seeds. Who is six and who is seven? Uh, I, I, I'm saying West Georgia comes out five, New, Newberry comes out six, Savannah comes out seven. It just happens that because of geography, two will play seven, three, six, four, five, but it is not locked in like that in the, re, in the regional round, just so people uh, understand that. It's going to wind up like that because of geography. Five, six, and seven go to the best geographical matchup. Uh, that's a non-conference game or a non-game that has not been played at an earlier point in time this year, such as Albany State and Savannah, uh, Albany State, Valdosta State, or Savannah State and Valdosta State. BJ Jones, he broke it down. Let me give it back to you. So I want to see your opinion based on all this professor language that uh, A.D. Drew just used. (laughs) He looked like he had a mathematical equation. And the listeners out there talking about, what? Yeah, there's some calculus going on in here. But I think I got it. He suggested, and you don't have to worry about the reason that he says why. You heard all that. But we're going to break it down so you can give your opinion whether you believe that it's true, not necessarily based on the rationale that you use, but just in your opinion. You already said that you think Albany State should get a bump. Nothing wrong with that. But according to what we have, Bowie State gets the buy. They're number one. He has West Florida going to number two, the two seed, right, in this matchup because of the win over Valdosta. He says the head-to-head matchup with Albany State, even though it happened at the beginning of the season, which I think is fascinating. That is the argument that they use. But we can also look at the fact that it happened at the beginning of the season. Although Albany State has won like seven, eight games straight, they were sitting at three, won the championship game, shut them out, but they fall apart. Big time. Drew's rationale makes sense in terms of why he said it happened, but to see that happening is crazy with Valdosta going to three. Then you obviously have West Georgia because they win, they're coming in five. Newberry is at six, and Savannah State moves up, although they didn't play. They sneak in seven ahead of Noah Ryan, one that you said we got to watch out for and see. Essentially, what you have for those that are out there looking at it, 17s, as I said, in the region, just for dexterity, I know it shakes out differently in terms of what goes on. But you have four or five, they play. Winner of that goes to play number one. You have two seven in the matchup uh, and three six in the matchup in terms of what that looks like. So just shaking down, what are your thoughts in terms of what was just displayed before we go to this first, break? Well, first of all, shout out to A.G. Drew for giving us the college football version of the Pythagorean Theorem. <laughs> you had to have your scientific calculator and everything to punch the numbers on that. Um, but hey, um, I think you spot on. I think uh, you know those are the matchups that we're looking, and I do see uh, Albany State getting placed below Valdosta State, uh, not just because it was an early early season contest, but Valdosta State was dominant in that ball game. I think they scored thirty to nothing. Twenty-one. Um, Albany State Valdosta. Albany State, uh, Valdosta State was 21 to 3. 21 to 3, okay. Albany State's the only team to hold them under 30. So I think, you know, I think with that convention win, still an 18 point win, I think that that's mm-hmm. going to be heavy in the minds of the committee. So I, I think, you know, it hit it right, right on. Wouldn't be shocked with the way that Albany State looked on yesterday that that, that plays a, a role and gives some second thoughts. But I, I do think Valdosta State will uh, finish a spot above Albany State in the region. All right. Well, can, we'll find out get, today at four o'clock Central Time. You do have the announcement uh, this afternoon, so check that out. We'll, you can check out AD Drew uh, on their show, Sports Wrap, as well as BJ Jones. I'm sure he'll be able to shout out an uh, update just so you'll know in terms of Division Two. We're finna head in this break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get into the major division. Uh, contest of what's taking out and how this may play out. We'll get into a couple more discussions because it's just getting good. You can get all your updates here. Dr. Bill's inside HBC Sports Lab with none other than Professor Drew and Professor Jones. Stick with me right back after this break.
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.m-e-l-v-e-t-b-o-u-t-i-q-u-e.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and who the boss, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch Charles Bishop, bringing to you your updates on what took place on Saturday with the Sunday edition of the show. We have in us visiting professor. A.D. Drew and B.J. Jones. Jones got a question from you from Jamie Walker. He wants to know, is Vincent dancing at Valley in the next two years? I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, you know, Vincent Dancy has done an amazing job up there. I, I, one of the things I've always said this about Vincent Dancy is I hope that people don't look at his win-loss record at Valley and then paint that as the coach that he is. Got to look at what he's doing that with, you know, let's he has less than – there are D2 schools with more scholarships than he has at Valley. Uh, he's doing this on the FCS level. He has a team playing hard. Uh, they play physical. Uh, all the disadvantages that he has at it'll be in the Mississippi, uh, he's making it happen. I think that someone's going to see that. Uh, he's going to get a better opportunity. Certainly agree in terms of opportunity with a real chance to win, but I've had – discussion, dialogue, inside sources that tell me that Bally is on this rise to literally get to the maximum number of scholarships to 63. So I wonder if that will make a difference in the decision. Um, And saying, obviously, the monetary value is there, and that may be a different discussion. But everybody in the conference, people may not realize that. Pine Bluff was the last one, but they bumped up. Everybody in the conference now, since this year, and it'll be interesting because, B.J. Jones, you always have this dialogue about being able to win some non-conference games. And I think that's important, but I don't think we always have placed the importance in terms of the schools having the maximum amount of scholarships. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we assume that is the case, and sometimes we don't. I've just gotten official word uh, that everybody in the conference as of this year has moved up to the 63 full allotment of scholarships. Now, this is a big thing, and B.J. Jones, you would certainly be aware of this. A.D. Drew, you coach some of that level two. You know how much scholarship level uh, is important, but people also need to understand that it's going to take a while to get the talent in, and that's not something that you'll see right away for those schools that have moved up to the 63 um, maximum allotment at the FCS level. So those are some things that you get here. You can't get anywhere else. Just to let you know that the conference is strategically understanding what it means to not only be a super conference in terms of brand recognition, but how do you do that on the field in terms of its thing? Let me let you jump back in here, Drew, uh, to get some thoughts on that. Also, keep in mind, why 63 is the number that you want to go that you want to obtain to be at maximum level. 56 is the floor. Why is 56 the floor? Because if you're at 56, now you're eligible to go out and play FBS schools. Playing FBS schools allow you to do what? Yeah, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a, a can, but we're gonna get a check. Now you can go out and get those check games. And then you can get that money that you may need to get to the uh, level from 56 to the maximum of 63. 
Valley's got to get to that 56 first and stay there on a consistent basis. And you say it's going to take time to get talent. Doc, I'm going to disagree with you. We got this thing called the portal. Well, you can go out once you get those extra scholarships, you can get to the portal and compete for some of those uh, athletes that you were not able to compete for in earlier years. And yeah, but I was about a school in Mississippi. I agree that the transfer portal, but you also have the fact that you can you can only have so many scholarships that you bring in one year at the FCS level, right? Right. So even if we raise the floor, that yeah, you could get the talent, but there's a maximum in terms of based on how many you already have in there and that slotting. So there's a range in terms of you can't instantly go up to the six and one. Right. So I'm not saying the talent ain't there, but I'm right. saying the NCA guidelines make it challenging, but you're gonna have to do that over a period of time. I don't right. want to get too lost in the sauce yeah. here. Great points you're making there, yeah. but I want to get back point. into some one of the action. On well, hold on, let me get back into some of the action there. Right. I want I want to make sure that we stay on the schedule there because we're about to hit in this break. Uh, next break before we close out. Want to get into some of the matchups we've seen yesterday in terms of what it looks like there. Um, obviously, we had the South Carolina State, North Carolina A&T matchup. A&T um, got it done. South Carolina State was controlling much of that game, but A&T made the big plays at the end of the game and continued to dominate the Bulldogs in a lot of ways. That game was in South Carolina. Um Miak wanted that game, needed that game, but couldn't get it done. Going to you, BJ John, what do you thought on that matchup? Man, I thought South Carolina State had it. You know, I looked at it, it was 17 to 6. Uh, I was periodically checking in on it. Uh AT found a way. Um, you know, they uh found a way and they got it done. AT needed this win. Um, and we know uh this has been a rough season for them. Uh they needed this win. I mean, it gives them some bragging rights over uh, South Carolina State. Uh, South Carolina State, one thing I talked about is, man, you didn't want, uh, from a marketing, from every other standpoint, you didn't want a losing, a team with a losing record going into that celebration bowl. And, and now that's a possibility. So we'll see how it plays out. South Carolina State has one more game up uh, with Norfolk. Uh, that's going to be a game that you would want to pay attention to on next week. Drew, talk about that North Carolina A&T State. South Carolina matchup, and then also follow up with the Norfolk State upset by Delaware State, uh, where they give up 28 answers points. And then I'm going to come back to you, B.J. Jones, to give me your analysis of that North State game. I mean, for, for South Carolina State, South Carolina State has, seems like they have not be, been able to build any type of sustainable momentum <laughs> yeah. this entire season we know we saw the rough start that they got off to they get a couple wins they drop when you think they got it figured out they drop one and then for you to lose one to to a t who used to be the bully on the block now he he done moved away but he's still coming home he's still running the dog old block so you still have no street cred south carolina state because you can't beat the team that was the bully on the block in north carolina a t and wouldn't it be befitting for Norfolk to be able to beat South Carolina State and send a five and six team into the celebration into the celebration bowl? Wouldn't it also be befitting for that five and six team to be co-champions with a team like uh, North Carolina Central? Because this is the BAC thing. We don't we don't never decide. Everybody get a dog on ring. So we go to Central co-champions along with. South Carolina State, but we're going to send five or six South Carolina State to be our representative for, uh, for, a, big, for a million dollar game. You know, it, it, it's just wild. And can Norfolk figure out a way to hold on to a lead? That's what, two weeks in a row or two of the last uh, three weeks where they've had a 20-point-plus lead and giving it up? Come, come on, Dawson Odom. You, you, you better than that. You came from Southern. I know you know how to – Pull, pull victories out like that. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I want to go to you, BJ Jones. That that was a lot. That uh, giving up those twenty eight points and boy, whatever happens, Norfolk State when it starts to slide, it slides. What are your thoughts in terms of that? Oh man, I, I was shocked. Um, you know, I was you know tell Gaten someone said, hey man, you know Odom's lost today. I said, nah, Odom's look. So no, he lost. <laughs> and, you know, going going back in and man, trying to check out some of the highlights, man, it's just like when one thing happens left for them, they don't have a way to uh, 
you know, get their, you know, continuity back, you know, to get to keep their composure, it all goes left. Um, so man, Norfolk, man, they were my prediction, you know, to make it to Atlanta. Now that's out of the window. Um, and the best thing you can do now is just salvage your season and you know, uh, tough break for Dawson Odoms and, and the Spartans because I, I thought that they were uh, the best team in the conference on paper. But, you know, hey, games aren't won on paper. Yeah, they had a fourth and two uh, with, like, two minutes left. And just the way it was sliding around, I was like, they got to find a way to go for it. Yeah, I know it was the 40, but I was like, your defense hasn't really stopped them since they started going. I think the only thing you can do is leave it in your offense. I know people with a second guess you got it. And then you could tell it was just one of those seasons. They still have time, and they showed you against uh, North Carolina Central as they sent that game into overtime with that last drive before they actually lose to the Central uh, in overtime that Delaware State kicks the ball off if they score the touchdown to go up. And it's a funny bounce, and it uh, careens off somebody, and Delaware State recovers it to run out the clock. And I was like, they would have had a short field if they get it. And it's just a freaky thing. You're like, yeah, it's just one of those seasons for North Coast. They're going to be thinking about this a long time in terms of how close that they let one in their minds get away in terms of winning the conference as well as getting that elusive bid to the Celebration Bowl. Fascinating thing still, reasons to watch. The game is in North Coast. Let's take this last break. We'll get in and come back and talk about some of these swag matchups that were fastened yesterday. Stick with us. We'll be right back. To get in on the bluff, went down there, and we'll tell you what goes down there in uh, <laughs> the reservation. It was intriguing for a lot of folks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com but if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. It's Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We're going into the fourth quarter, the last set with the visiting professors. Eddie Drew and B.J. Jones. Yeah, B.J. Jones, look out for me now. When I get to Atlanta for the celebration, bro, you know, I'm going to bring my entourage. I'm like the hip-hop rappers. I'm the dean now, dean of HBC Sports. I mean, I got a lot of folks got to come with me. I don't know if they're taking my pictures. They're going to grab the mic. 
some of the conversations off off the record. Y'all would catch that, but uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> Everybody got a mic. <laughs> Everybody got a camera and a phone. <laughs> With that, let's go to uh, Lomo, Mississippi. Spinks, Kaysom Stadiums. The Jinx Spinks. Some people say it was in effect. Number two, Prairie Vienna and Panthers, 7160 at number eight, Alcorn State Braves, five and four, four and two. Um, credit to the Braves. <clears throat> they find a way to get it done. They're still alive. Going to be interesting to see how Prairie View fights back. I think at the end of the game, I have too much worry about Prairie View because you got to believe in those players' minds. They're going to think the game was taken from them. I'm not saying that was the case, uh, but I think that's what they're going to think. So I think they're going to be ready to play. But I think it sets up a big game next week in terms of Jackson's and Alcorn. That robbery is going to be fascinating. Obviously, after the end of the Southern game, as we get into that next, there was a little bit of fracas. You've seen the SWAC make out a statement. We can get your thoughts on that. The film will tell all. They're going to review it. Um, but it could be intriguing from the standpoint if they lose some players for a game, I don't think it will be more than that, so it shouldn't factor in the SWAT championship game, but, but it could factor in the rivalry game that I'm sure Jackson State wants to win and send a message, if for nothing else, recruiting reasons in terms of that. But more importantly, for the Braves and Prairie View, it could put the pressure back on Prairie View if the Braves get it done. So a lot of things going on that's still alive. Obviously, you have FAMU that goes in next week in terms of Bethune-Cookman. Um, and they need that game to make sure that they put themselves in the best position possible to um, be eligible, uh, if you want to use that framework, to get an at-large bid to the SES playoffs. So a lot going on. First, in terms of Prairie View at Alcorn State, any thoughts on that, A.D. Drew? Uh, did Alcorn take the game or did Prairie View give it to them? Because, you know, when you give turnovers – to a team as good as Alcorn on a short field that's going to uh, uh, take advantage of them. You know, Preview did not help themselves with those turnovers despite what happened at the at the end of the game. So uh, I think that's a, a key point. Did you want me to touch on the other ones or are you going to come back? Yeah, you can you can touch on the Southern Jackson State. Go ahead. Uh, Southern Jackson State, that's two weeks in a row we've had an incident during an HBCU football game this time the game was on espn espn kept the cameras on during the incident uh which i've got a little bit of a uh issue with um that's that's just my personal opinion but will those involved get a half or get an entire game that may determine the fate of who appears in the SWAC championship game because if those players get an entire game and Alcorn wins that game and subsequently Prairie View loses to Valley the following week, which is a real possibility because that Valley is very competitive. You that one incident may turn the tides of the uh of the SWAC championship game. And also, let's assume. Alcorn beats Jackson, but Prairie View does go on to win the uh, the West. Is that the difference between home field for Jackson and home field for Prairie View now? So there's a lot riding on how the conference office handles this issue. I need the conference office to be fair but firm, and then once the decision is made, let the chips fall where they may. DJ Jones, you can go in any direction you want to go on this. Hey, you know, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunate situation after the ball game on yesterday. Um, don't really want to even give it too much attention. Um, you know, a lot of people have done that, uh, you know, on social media. So just don't want to dive into it. Uh, because what they, what they did is it overshadowed a, uh, a game that was uh, one of the best that we've seen this season. You saw that's right, uh, Jackson State. You saw Jackson State take a punch. Uh, and, and and credit to the coaching staff at Southern. Uh, credit to those kids at Southern. They came they came ready to play. You know they came ready to play, and, and they didn't look like a uh, a football team that you know was not playing for anything. They're like we we're playing for everything uh, on last night. They played hard, and unfortunately came up short. Uh, but shout out to uh, uh, Jackson State. Shadow Sanders did not have a 
one of his typical games. He took some shots yesterday. He was able, you know, they got him on the ground yesterday, but he was able to make some things uh, happen, and Jackson State pulled it out. So uh, congratulations to them. And then with, with Alcorn, um, impressive. You know, Alcorn was about as low as you can be last week, winning, losing to a, a winless Bethune-Cookman. And mm-hmm. to come out and to be the contender and give yourself a chance next week. Uh, and, and don't want to look ahead too far, but next week, Alcorn could possibly play themselves into, you know, a sweat championship game, depending on how, you know, what they That's do right. next week and then couple what, what, you know, what happens with uh, Prairie View and um, Mississippi Valley. So uh, shout out to Coach Fred McNair. So everything that's happened. I think we got a pause there. We'll get B.J. Jones back in here. I'm going to go back to you, A.D. Drew, and then we'll come back and let B.J. Jones uh, finish that out a little bit. Um, Roy, let's pull him out and get him back in. But with that, I want you to go the Bethune-Cookman. We set it up earlier talking about the Florida Classic. Well, just when you need it, Bethune-Cookman is now on a win streak playing some pretty good football. They have Bethune-Cookman at Gramlin. They won that game 31-14. to A lot of ways you can go in terms of this with Gramlin, but uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what Bethune-Cookman was able to get done against Gramlin this weekend? Uh, Bethune. It's got, it's got some confidence. All it took was for them to get over the hump and for them to regain their uh, confidence against uh, Alcorn. And, and, and let's be real. Those games that Bethune lost – where most of those games were one possession or less. So right. it's not like Bethune d- doesn't have the talent. They were you you may have had a dis you may have had discipline. What I mean by discipline uh, uh penalties, offsides, false starts, things like that, uh that that uh potentially have cost them uh drop passes, different things like that. Shout out to Coach Sales for staying with it and correcting those issues and getting the kids not to mail it in at the end of the season, come November. And as a Rattler, too many times I have seen what Bethune does in the month of November. And for the last nine times that we played, they've happened to do it to us. So, yes, on paper. Fairview has the dominant team. Fairview is the favorite. But you can throw that paper out, out the door and into the garbage can when it comes to the Wildcats and the Rattlers playing down in Camping World Stadium on great point. I want to get this, I want to get this in here as we're coming up to the close time. Reginald uh shouted out to DJ Jones talking about a good perspective, but he wanted to discuss the truth about those young men during the championship. Uh, pretty much won a championship, I think he's saying, and should have the ability to celebrate. I agree. But there, there's a thing called sportsmanship, uh, Reginald Johnson, and it's the way you do things. You do not go to the center of the field and have your flag out there as if you're going to plan it. I don't think they were uh, planning it. They didn't get that close. Hopefully they weren't doing that. But, yeah, you should celebrate. But you can celebrate on your side with your fans. If you're flying your fan flag towards your fans, um, you don't have to worry about that. Nobody would have begrudged that. But to come on the field at the opposing fans, that's putting it in their face. And that should not be tolerated. And you can't cover that with your fandom saying that your team has to uh, celebrating. It's more than that. You have to be classful the way you do it. And Coach Prime has talked about that. And I think he will tell you, in terms of what his expectations for his young men and would not be excited about it. Now, I think Jackson State fans cannot lose themselves in a fandom and think that you're going to celebrate and tolerate anything. That's not how you go about this stuff. So I will say that for B.J. Jones, and that's my opinion in terms of that. But uh, I think that needs to be said. I do want to go over some of this before we get out of here. Uh, shout out to Dan, as we talked about earlier. Big win over Alabama State. That game kind of went back and forth. It looked like Alabama State took a little control of it. And then Valley took control and won the game 44-31. So I did not want to lose that in this miss. Uh, good game for that. You had a classic matchup. It looked like Texas Southern offensively. They can get it done. Struggle on defense, but that's the program that looks like they're turning the corner. Uh, A&M, kudos to them. They get it done 52-49. to um, Getting a touchdown at the end of the game. 
uh, in terms of what that looks like, and then converting two point conversion to make sure they had some distance uh, in case it came down to a field goal kick in uh, with seconds left in that game. So it's fascinating, a lot going on there. So that is there. Uh, Tennessee State, they look like they were moving in the right direction, but they struggled, got beat up really bad. They played Austin P the second time at home, and they were shut out for most of that game. They do put in a touchdown late, but they lose 36-7. to um, So things, it looked like Tennessee State may be turning the corner, but not so much now. Uh, they'll close out the season next week to see if they can post a winning record. It'll be fascinating. Going into the Big South, told you a little bit about A&T winning that game uh, over South Carolina State, 27-17, a big interception late in that game after they scored to go ahead um, to seal it uh, as they stick it to the Bulldogs. Hampton over Campton, uh, uh, Campbell, I should say, 28-21. They come back and win that game uh, close from their credit to in terms of what they have going on there. So any last thoughts that you want to say, share, A.D. Drew? No, the only thing I want to say is make sure you uh, tune in to the Sports Wrap this evening, beginning at 6 o'clock Eastern. We're looking to uh, have some interviews with the Division II coaches. This 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 show this evening will be more centered around, as you like to call it, the mid-major schools, and they deserve their shine. They deserve a show pretty much dedicated to them uh, as they are in the playoff run. Hopefully we get three teams in. Uh into the uh, into the playoffs and let's get back and cheer and watch our HBCUs shine as we get ready to go into the last rivalry week in FCS football. No doubt about it. We got some big matchups. Teams trying to finish on a high note, getting prepared for next year, make a statement. You got Alabama A&M hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Both teams won last week. Should be fascinating this weekend, I should say. Obviously, the big rivalry game, Jackson State, Alcorn State. You got Hampton at North Alabama. Howard has Lynchburg, A&T uh, hosting Garner-Webb. Tennessee State plays Mississippi State um, uh, with that SEC, if you would, Power 5 program, similar to Prairie View playing Texas A&M. You have a DMV area matchup with Morgan State at George, hosting Georgetown. You have Texas Southern on the road to Alabama State. It'll be interesting to see which one of those teams can get a win to close out this season and get some momentum next year. Obviously, it looks like you're going to have a coaching change that Alabama State did. McKinley do enough? I believe so, but it ain't something to keep your eyes on. You have North Carolina Central, Delaware State. Delaware State has won two. Um, uh, their last Central is winning. Both of those teams want to win. Start out next year, and Central has a chance to have a – share of the championship that South Carolina State wins, so you know they want to get that in. Uh, Norfolk State and South Carolina State, can Norfolk State rebound? Sure, they don't want to close out the season on a three-game losing streak. Um, that'll be fascinating as they hold South Carolina State. And then you have none other than the Florida Classic that you touched on a little bit, Drew, uh, with Bethune-Cookman at Florida A&M. Can FAMU bring the losing streak and make a final statement uh, of seeking an at-large bid to the playoffs? It'll be fascinating to see what goes on there. We told you today at 4 o'clock you'll have your playoffs, so we'll have more information this week to talk about Albany State and Bowie State in terms of the playoffs. And then we'll see whether we'll also be talking about Savannah State. We'll see what that looks like. That'll do it for us. Make sure you download my JVN, my BCSN, so you can get all this information, whether you're on the road, you have the apps, you can easily get to us, you're traveling, coming back from your games, we'll give you some morning tea, or before you head into church, come right here, we'll make sure you can get your morning coffee to get you ready for your day. Check out A.D. Drew, the sports wrap, they'll be on, giving you some breakdown of all the latest this weekend, and they'll go into what's going on next week, then you have B.J. Jones, the HBCU as you know, he's going to give you some good analysis as he closed up. Um, had to jump off in terms of emergency there, but he's okay. We'll make sure you get that update. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadda Khalil, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed the show again. We want to thank you for listening, Dr. Mills, inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. 
Nine o'clock in the morning, you know, we'll be right here bright and early to give you the weekend latest. It's getting good. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We got the championship race. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Check us out. Make sure you like, subscribe. Also, BCSN on YouTube. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Drew? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed.